Welcome to the World History Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Starrett, and today we are going to be talking about the Treaty of Versailles. Now, the Treaty of Versailles ended World War I, and a treaty is supposed to prevent future wars, but in this case, it didn't quite happen that way. Now, it's important to realize that a treaty is not necessarily fair, but it is often made by the person who wins. I like to compare it to the game Uncle. Not a fun game if you've ever played it, especially if you're the one losing. Basically what happened in the game Uncle is one person, usually the bigger person, and thus not me, grabs the other person's hands and bends them until the other person says Uncle or Mercy or there are many different ways you can play the game. Now, in this case, the group being made to say uncle is going to be made up of Germany, Austria-Hungary, and a little bit the Ottoman Empire. And the people applying the pressure are mostly going to be England, France, the United States, and a little bit Italy. So, here's what happens. The first thing to realize is that it is dominated by the big four of Italy, England, France, and the United States. Each of these groups will want something a little bit different and thus to get out of it um, a different way to solve the problem of the war. The most angry about the war is going to be France. And this makes a lot of sense because France is invaded by Germany and France is probably where the most damage is done during the war. They are going to want to punish Germany and make sure this never happens again. They're going to demand a lot of money from Germany, what is known as reparations. Um, and they're going to want Germany to have uh, no military power and ability in the future. The leader of France is a man named George Clemenceau, and he will push hard for these ideas. It's also important to realize that the Treaty of Versailles is taking place in France, which definitely affects what people decide. Now... England is another one of the major powers here, and it is led by a man named David Lloyd George. The British are also mad at the Germans, but not quite as much as the French, probably. They demand reparations as well and would like to punish Germany. Italy is there mostly because they would like some land given to them after the war, specifically from Austria-Hungary. That leaves us with the United States, who is led by an idealist, uh, former professor and head of Princeton University, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson believes that the problems of the war are really systemic and not just Germany. We talked earlier about the main causes, and that's what Woodrow Wilson would like to fix. He has a plan that is known as the 14 Points. These points include the creation of a League of Nations, the dissolution of uh, the major empires, and the demilitarization of many of the countries together. Unfortunately, although these are good ideas, they do not end up in the final treaty because England and France feel like, why should they be punished 
for what Germany did, right? This is sort of like when you're a little kid and your twin brother, which in case was me, would do something wrong and then both my brother and I were punished and he probably thought, why am I getting punished for what Donald did? Sorry, dude, but you're a great brother. Now, in this case, England and France say, no, what we're going to do is we're not going to get rid of the militaries for everybody or reduce the militaries. We're just going to put caps on what Germany can have. In the same way, they're not going to get rid of everybody's empires and give everybody their freedom. Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to um, divide up what Germany and Austria-Hungary have and divide up their uh, foreign empires as well as take land from Germany and Austria-Hungary to create new countries like Czechoslovakia. They will create a League of Nations, but in this case, they are not going to allow Germany or the newly created Soviet Union to join. So this will make Germany mad as well. Now, Germany, they're also going to put in there what is known as the War Guilt Clause. This means Germany has to say, this was all our fault and take blame for the war. Very few of us like being blamed for things, even if we did actually do it. Remember, Germany can easily say, wait a second, Serbia started the war because they killed the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, or they could argue that Austria-Hungary started the war. But they definitely don't want to be blamed for the war, but they agree to it. This is going to cause another problem because the group that agrees to it is the newly created Weimar Republic. In German, the W is pronounced as a V often, which is very confusing to my students, and they love the idea of that's why it's called Wienerschnitzel instead of Wienerschnitzel. Who knows? Now, getting back to this, the final big idea of the Treaty of Versailles is that it's going to say, Germany, you need to pay for this war. The problem is that Germany doesn't have the money. In this case, it does not bother the French or the English that they don't have the money to pay them back. They like that. They want to stick it to Germany in this way. You can see that this is going to leave Germany broke, their new government powerless, and angry. Which is why we often say that the Treaty of Versailles lays the groundwork for World War II. This has been another podcast by Mr. Sterrett and King Henry. Take us out, King Henry. Deuces. Bow, bow.